the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Fearless Agent Podcast, where you learn how to make way more money fast selling real estate with your host, the fearless agent himself, Bob Leffler. Good day to you. It's Bob here at the Fearless Agent Podcast for real estate sales professionals like you, where we explain that everything you've been taught by the entire real estate industry is wrong and you will make lots more money in way less time by doing the exact opposite. I just got off the phone with my coaching student, Andrew, in Yuma, Arizona. That's on the Mexican border and uh, over kind of by California. And uh, our goal, he was actually featured on this podcast a short time ago. But uh, our goal between he and I, don't let this get out, is to be the number one agent in Yuma. And uh, I asked him today, are you the number one agent in Yuma? He says, I don't know. I said, well, look up your ranking and find out who's just above you and let's crush them next. So, uh, you know, I and it made me think of um, I was a uh, agent in a large Century 21 and my partner and I, uh, the way they did the ranking in the office is they, if you were a team or a partnership, they divided it by the number of members on the team or the number of partners. So uh, we were individuals, basically. So our our production was cut in half. And then, uh, so the, we had never been the top uh, producing uh, agents for the week or the month. So it was each month. So I said, our goal, it was it was December. I said, let's have it a goal just to be the number one um, agents for the office in January. So we um, did it. You know, we just, I worked really hard prospecting and she did what she did. And we became the number one agent in January, which we had never done it before. So then I said, hey, let's do it again in February. Let's see if we can do it two months in a row. And we worked really hard and we actually got to do it in February. I said, well, wouldn't it be amazing if we could do it? We never did it even once in a row before. Let's see if we can do it three months in a row. And we ended up being the number one agents um, three months in a row. And then it just occurred to me, well, maybe we could do it for the whole year. And you know what? We did it 12 months in a row, and we had never done it even one month in a row previously. So one of the things about that is you never think you can do it until you've done it. But did it take hard work? Yeah, it took hard work. You know, I was uh, back in uh, Elyria, Ohio. Now, my in-laws lived in Cleveland, which is uh, America's vacation land, the Rust Belt. And uh, so we go to this uh, country club in Elyria, Ohio, Elyria Country Club. Lovely. It's like a hundred-year-old country club, which is a big deal for me because, you know, I'm from Arizona where everything's like 14 years old and painted beige. So 
we uh, were at the country club. Now, whenever I golf there, they have this uh, the in the men's locker room. There's a guy who kind of manages the locker room, and he also shines your shoes. So these business people go in there. They're members of the country club, you know, mostly big shots, not like me. And they uh, put on their golf shoes. So while they're out playing golf, this guy by the name of Greg Fitz, he uh, shines your shoes. So this guy shines shoes like nobody I've ever seen in my life. And so then I would – when I would go back there, I would pack all my dress shoes just so, to take him in there, have him shine them, and I would pay him, you know. But uh, – so when you get your shoes back, my black shoes, they looked like they were black chrome, you know. So I'm in the little restaurant eating after playing golf and, you know, I've given him my shoes to – and he comes out into the um, the men's grill. It's called they separate the men from the women. And uh, I think that's probably a good policy everywhere in life. But anyway, they do that. So we're eating and, and he comes out and he says, hey, I'm sorry, your shoes aren't quite done yet. And I go, oh, that's that's no problem. I don't know. I'm on vacation. I don't have anything to do. So uh, then I get done eating and I go into the locker room and I'm just standing there at the counter where he's, you know, shining him. So. I was asking him some questions. I said, hey, uh, you've got that little spinning uh, wheel there that, that like it looks like a little grinder on a fastened to the bench. I said, do you use that when you're shining the shoes? He goes, nah. He goes, I don't, I don't really like to use that. I go, well, uh, I noticed you're uh, spraying some stuff on the shoes. I go, what, what it, what's in that spray bottle? He goes, oh, it's just tap water. I said, well... Uh, what kind of shoe polish? What kind of shoe polish are you using? He goes, "Oh, you know, Kiwi shoe polish." I go, "Really? Like like they sell at Walgreens?" I go, he goes, "Yeah." I go, uh, "That rag that you're using is that some sort of special uh, special rag?" You know? He goes, "No, it's a napkin from the uh, from the restaurant cloth napkin." I said, "Well." Uh, why is it that your shoe shine is so much better than everybody else's? What's the secret ingredient? And he says, uh, I don't know. Hard work, I guess. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. I did not want to hear that. I wanted to hear that the rag he was using was some imported thing from Turkey that he could get me one of. I wanted to hear that the stuff he was spraying on it was like one part vinegar, three parts triple sec. I wanted to hear about a secret ingredient. I didn't want to hear that kiwi shoe polish that I had at home was what he was using too. I wanted to hear that it was some super secret imported thing that he could hook me up to. Uh, I did not want to hear that hard work was the secret ingredient, but that is the secret ingredient in shining shoes and selling real estate. There's no magic. Uh, so, you know, my my mentor, Floyd Wickman, used to say it's not it's not who special people are that makes them special. It's what special people do that makes them special. So what do they do? They do hard work. And I I often uh, you know, I have landscapers that I pay to uh, trim my yard and, you know, take care of my house and uh you know, these people are not from America and they really don't – I don't think they really even speak English, many of them. And 
they are working in 120 degree heat in the summer and working long hours at probably not great pay and they're willing to do that and realtors are not willing to work in a nice air-conditioned office for eight hours a day cold calling the easiest job on earth uh, mostly now the fearless agents that I coach they are willing to work very long hours at extremely high pay and like Andrew he's going to uh, you know he's not getting sweaty but he's going to be the number one agent in Yuma don't tell the other people in Yuma that but it's going to happen he is going to crush them and he's going to do it by being a nice guy and having the exact right words to say on the phone and scheduling five listing appointments a week. And that's all he'll ever have to do to be the number one agent in Yuma, you watch. And he probably already, if he isn't the number one agent in Yuma, is probably the already the number one earner in Yuma because he charges more and keeps more and doesn't blow all his money on advertising. So one of the things that I see agents doing wrong is and other coaches teach this you got to have this pre-listing package you got to have all this marketing uh, I never recommend marketing but if you're gonna do a pre-listing package which I don't recommend uh, my highest earning fearless agents don't do it uh, what should it not have in it so I see things that should that have no place in a pre-listing package. So I'm going to tell you what those are. So maybe some of you have a pre-listing package. You've got this stuff in it. You should take it out. Number one, never talk about the market. So market stats is a disaster. So never have market stats in a newsletter you're sending out or any of the marketing you do. Um, nothing good could come from talking about the market. Uh, marketing promises. Uh, I'm going to do this every so often. I'm going to do that every so often. None of that should be in your pre-listing package. Um, any reference to pricing, no matter how vague, none of that should be in your pre-listing package. So if you can send out a pre-listing package and you want it to not hurt you, Take all that stuff out, and then it will hurt you less. If you just eliminate it completely, you'll probably have a much better much better opportunity. So if you're going to have marketing, it should tell your story and, um, and have a great photo of you because you're the product. By the way, one thing that uh, Andrew mentioned is he, he needs to care less about what other people think. So I always say – uh, this is off topic of the marketing, but it just popped into my head. I always say apathy is the key to success in life. The minute you care, you're probably losing. So if you didn't care what other people think of you, um, would you be happier? And the answer is yes, you'd be happier. And happiness uh, is the opposite of anger. The opposite of, un of happiness isn't unhappiness, it's anger. So if you don't care what other people think of you, you're not likely to be angry. If people are angry at you, that doesn't mean you should be angry in return. In fact, you'd be better off being happy in return. And I don't want you to go out of, out of your way to make people angry, obviously. You should always be nice. Um, 
But I always say that the key to a successful business relationship is the customer has to be nice, sane, smart, have a ton of equity to pay you with, be very serious about selling their house right now at fair market value. Um, But if people – so never care what people think. Never care – and this is true in every area of your life. Never care what people say. If if somebody says something stupid, you could either get offended, which makes you angry, or you could just say, "Ah, they're having a bad day. You know, maybe they're maybe they're crazy. Who knows?" Uh, if you never care what people do, so I want you to care what you say and what you think and what you do. So you're professional, and if you're professional, you're not going to care what people say or think or do. And uh, I always think of the show Live PD or Cops. You know, the cops are always dealing with these. Um, uh, it's like the cops are driving from one trailer park to another. They never get out of the trailer park for some reason. But the people who live in the trailer park are always not nice. They're always not sane. They're rarely smart. And they're always uh, saying mean things to the cops. And I was thinking, how do they put up with that? Well, the, it's because they're professional. They don't care what the people say. They don't care what the people think. They don't care what the people do. They're going to cram them in the backseat of the car and take them to jail either way. And they're going to go home at night and, and sleep like a baby. So that's how we should be is uh, caring about people, yes. Care about the seller, yes. Care about being fair to the buyer, yes. Uh, but that doesn't involve caring what they say, what they think, or what they do. So that's, that's the secret. So when you do your marketing, back on topic, when you do your marketing – uh, you want your marketing to be about you to in a, in a way that makes you interesting. So it, I always say if you're going to do marketing, the end goal should be a very high-quality brochure about you. And then the baby step towards that is something called a one-sheet. So if you could have a one-sheet, which is one-sided – eight and a half by 11, you could fold it up along with a letter that's confirming the listing appointment or something like that. And uh, it should tell your story in a way that uh, makes sense. So we were talking about this on on our coaching call uh, this week. But every movie, every commercial, every um, book goes follows this format. It is there is a hero. The hero has a problem. The hero meets a guide, and the guide helps solve the hero's problem. And every movie, Star Wars, every movie has that has that same same thing. Every TV commercial follows that that little path. So you're the hero in the story. You have a problem. You meet a guide. And the guide helps you solve your problem. And then you tie that in to how that helps you and your customers. Um, but you don't make it all about bullet points. And, you know, I've got my I've got my CRS and my GRI. I don't have any M-O-N-E-Y, but I've got my ABR and I've got my all these little designations. So don't have bullet points. Don't have that. It should be copy that tells your story and imaging that also reinforces that story. 
and make it interesting and have it written by a professional writer. If you are not a professional writer, uh, then you should be you should be doing that. So uh, you should not be doing that if you're not a professional writer. And then have other people look at it. And uh, but I would I would tell you this: the the agents that I coach that make the most money uh, do the least marketing. The agents that I coach that make the least money talk the most about their marketing. So marketing is going to either rent space in your head and keep you from being on the phone, telephone prospecting. So if you just were on the phone all day, telephone prospecting with no marketing, or you were just marketing and never touched the phone, uh, I'm going to bet on the person on the phone. Uh, I'm going to always bet against the person who does the most marketing. It was always apparent to me that the agents in my office that did the most marketing, they made the least money, and the agents that talked the most made the least money. The agents that talked the least made more money, and the agents who were on the phone the most made the most money. So, you know, you could learn from that experience. So um, I want to just tell a little story about uh, some of you are going to do business with friends. You know, I always say rapport building is a disaster in sales. By the way, if any of the stuff we talk about on our podcast makes sense to you and you're earning less selling real estate than you wish you were and you are open to the idea of having some help with that, if you would like to learn more, you can call me anytime. 480-385-8810 is my cell phone. And we'll just see if you and what you're trying to do and what we do at Fearless Agent, if it would be a good fit. So again, 480-385-8810. And you can go to fearlessagent.com. And uh, by the way, I love talking to realtors. You're not bothering me. Please don't email to me and don't text me because sales has nothing to do with those two things. And always call me. So um, I, I have a friend who, you know, he's my best friend. We rode Harleys across America on a cross-country crime spree when we were 20. And then uh, he ends up, I get into real estate. He's an electrical engineer. And I he ends up buying and selling four houses and does not use me, okay? So should I have been upset that my best friend did not use me as a realtor? Well, I wasn't because I don't care what other people think. I don't care what other people do, and I don't care what other people say, even if they're my best friend. So would I have preferred that he used me as his agent? Yeah, I would have preferred. But the the trouble is he doesn't see me the way strangers see me. So finally, he moves up into what today would be a maybe multi-million dollar house. And then he does call me. And uh, so I go over and meet with him and his wife. And uh, so I do what I always do before I schedule the appointment. I asked him all the questions about his house. I found out that he, I made sure both he and his wife were going to be there. Uh, I made sure that uh, I had asked him all the questions about his house so I could do a ballpark market analysis. Uh, I knew that he was motivated to sell. I uh, booked a two-hour listing appointment slot without saying the words two hours, so I tricked him into that. I was meeting with him at 7 o'clock at night, so I knew he wasn't going to be going anywhere halfway through the presentation. I uh, found out what his opinion of fair market value was, and then uh, 
I uh, found out how much he owed. So I didn't skip any steps because he was a friend. Then when I go over to his house, I, uh, you know, rang the doorbell, walked in, went directly to the kitchen table, did not take the tour of the house. So I sat down at the kitchen table and I said, you know, before I uh, begin, I just want to let you know something. Um, you know, because we're friends, um, uh, this could go one of two ways. So I, I want to make sure it goes the right way. First of all, the wrong reason to do business with me is because we're friends. So the right reason to do business with me is because you're 100% certain that I am the only agent that can sell your house for top dollar, sell it for more than it's worth. And if you have any doubts about that, then list your house with somebody else with whom you are sure that is true. So after I'm done, if you say, hey, that's great, uh, I want to think about it, that's no problem. Uh, we'll never talk about this again, and we're still going to be friends no matter what at the end of this. So it kind of takes all the pressure off. Then I did the expired list intro. Then I did the uh, – which which lets them know what's at stake. Then I do the preview of coming attractions, which makes him feel comfortable with what's going to happen while we're there. And then uh, – I uh, asked the four questions. At the end of the four questions, he and his wife, of course, were 100% sold on me, which always happens to every fearless agent. Then I go on the tour, make the whatever notes I need to make. Then I come back and uh, and I recommend they make no changes in the house. Do not fix that. Do not clean that up. Do not paint that. Do not do any of that stupid stuff. And then uh, I go through the you know, what we consider the listing presentation, I guess, which is just an objection-crushing machine and competition-crushing machine. I asked the nutshell close at the end. They said, yes, we're going to list our house with you tonight. I go, great. Then, we're, then we talk price. And then, uh, you know, I list the house. So as I'm walking out, he says, he goes, wow. He goes, I have to tell you, he goes, I never realized how great you are at what you do. And in my head, I'm thinking, well, maybe that explains why you did business with four other realtors instead of me the last four times. But I didn't. You know, I fought the urge. And I said, well, you know, that's uh, that's what I do. He goes, no, really. He goes, you were amazing. He goes, you're fantastic at this. I said, well, you know, thank you. I appreciate that. So the reason that, by the way, did I charge him 7%? Yes, I did. He did not get a discount because he was my friend, and I didn't do a crappier job and skip a bunch of steps because I knew I was going to get the listing, which I didn't, uh, because he was my friend. So the moral of the story is rapport kills you in real estate. There are people out there that teach rapport building, and it's fake. It's this F-O-R-D thing you'll hear about. If you are in a coaching program and they're teaching you that building rapport is the secret to sales, you need to run from that coaching program. Scientifically, it has been proven that the more rapport you have, the less likely you are to make the sale. Now, I had great rapport the last four times when he did business with somebody else. Many times I'll go on a listing presentation and the uh, I would – take the listing. And right at the end, before they said, you know, we have to talk to another agent, we have a friend and we promised them would be, we would talk to them. And I said, well, I already know. Let me, let me tell you something that I think we both know. 
if you wanted to do business with your friend, I wouldn't be here now, would I? And they go, no. I go, what really is going on is you want to do business with me. You know I'm going to sell your house for way more than your friend. And you want me to make the call to your friend so you don't have to. That's really what you want to do, isn't it? And they go, yeah. Would you make that call? I go, yeah, I'll make that call. So obviously, I'm a stranger. I have no rapport with them. They have tons of rapport with their friend. Many times it was their best friend. And I got the listing and their friend didn't. And mostly uh, because of the rapport thing. They, they didn't see their friend the way they saw me. They see me as a real estate expert. They see their friend as that idiot that they hang around with and, you know, they do stupid stuff. So my friend, you know, is a Mensa-level genius who is an electrical engineer and makes all the dams in Arizona open and close on time. But when people ask me, hey, what's the deal with him? I go, I don't know. He's an idiot. Well, you know, I just don't see him that way. But that, but that is the truth. So he doesn't see me as a real estate expert. You know, now he does. But, uh, but always know that when you're doing business with a friend, it, it is going to be different. So when Andrew in Yuma does business with a friend, he's at a disadvantage. When Andrew in Yuma books a listing appointment with a friend, is it more likely or less likely that they will interview other agents than if he had done business with a stranger? Well, I can tell you it's far more likely. So when you go on a listing appointment with a friend, always make sure that you're not skipping any steps and always assume that you are in competition with another realtor who is a stranger who they see as more of an expert than you. So you have to do extra good. You know, definitely don't skip steps. That's the main thing. So if you do that, you're always going to have a, a much better experience. Now, uh, the thing I want to do for all of you, and again, if – and I would like all of you for if you like what we do on the podcast to review it, give us a five star review. Um, I want you to all go to fearlessagent.com if you haven't. Watch all the training videos on our video training page. Uh, you can always call me at 480 385 8810. And again, please give us a review of this podcast on iTunes only if it's five stars. We want the five star reviews. Uh, you can always visit us on our Facebook site. We have the largest closed realtor-only Facebook group in the entire universe. Uh, you can call me anytime. I always want to help you. If you think you can't afford coaching and you wish you could, again, call me anytime. Watch our webinar. The 45-minute webinar would give you a very good sense of what our coaching is about. If you're struggling with anything, again, you can always call me. And until next week, I want you to do what every fearless agent does. Have fun, be humble, but most of all, be fearless. Bye, gang. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.